yeah. this is gonna go wonderfully. I it is gonna already. go wonderfully, obviously, because we are live now. And welcome to Geeks with Woo! Kids, the bi-weekly geeky podcast. From a parenting point of view, I'm Eric, and with me, as always, are my incomparable hosts, uh, David Hawk, Marcus, and Matt Moore on his cell phone. How's it going, guys? Okay. Excellent. We, we did it. We did it. Uh, today we we're. Did it. Today we are joined by a special little window on our on our stream, and it is one of the best Canadian comic writer illustrator Jim Zub. Uh, you may know him from his work on Rick and Morty versus Dungeons and Dragons, Skull Kickers, Wayward, Samurai Jack, Glitter Bomb, Thunderbolts, Avengers, No Road Home, and much more. His current Ooh. projects include Conan the Barbarian, the Stranger Things Dungeons and Dragons crossover, and Marvel's Heroes Reborn Young Squadron. Welcome to the show, Jim. Wow, he's got a full lineup there on the credits. Yeah. I'm impressed. I guess they sent me an outline for this podcast. They have a pre-show, and he got my credits right. I think this might be one of the most professional podcasts I've ever been on. Oh, my heart. Thank you. Thank you. So um, if you caught us last week, um, or the, the last episode, we actually Friday. talked about the... Um, not Friday, because I don't, I don't put those out in podcast oh, okay. form. Um, we do do watch parties on Fridays, and we'll be continuing to, to do that with uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. But uh, the last podcast we had, we talked about all the Win- WandoVision episodes up to episode seven, I believe. But this tonight, we're going to be talking about the finale and the overall series as the main topic. But before we do that, I'd like to turn to my friends on the stream here and ask them what they're currently enjoying in their lives, what they're obsessing over, what games books tv shows they're liking so i ask what's good let's start with our guest jim how's what are you oh, enjoying what's hey. good um i've been playing in between work stuff i've been playing video games um i finished up a couple weeks ago i finished up control which is oh, a really, really sweet game. Oh, one of our game of the year with it yeah, yeah. It's so good uh i really love the setting it's super evocative um the gameplay is really fun uh yeah i really really liked it it was it was great i dove really deep into that um and now i'm playing ghost of tsushima and that's really slick as well so <laughs> i've got a i got a ps5 and uh that thing's running 60 frames a second it looks real good and plays real smooth uh super impressed with the game yeah it's really really good yeah. and so i'm trying to balance out like i i give myself like samurai time like i get a little bit of work done and then i'm gonna go you know hack some people up and and run around the beautiful landscapes for a bit um otherwise I've been um, <clears throat> trying to fill in some gaps in my old D&D book collection. I used to look for stuff when I was going to conventions, but no one's going to conventions. So now I'm like trolling around eBay auctions, trying to find old books to fill in the gaps in my nerdy, nerdy collection. Those are the three things that I am uh, I am geeking out on right now. That's amazing. Awesome. I, I, awesome. Hawk, this, if there's no other reason to get a PS5, it's to play Ghost of Tsushima in 60 FPS, man. It's yeah. super good. It's I, so know. Cool. I know. I'm still checking the websites and that. I'm still seeing that, you know, they have a big shortage. Uh, so, yeah, it'll come when it comes. Uh, I, I have a computer to buy first. It should be here soon. So That's you good. have to be patient like a samurai. That's right. Waiting for the very zen strike. about the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move over to Dave. What are you liking this week? Uh, you know, you know what I've been playing a lot of. D&D? No. Oh, which um, is also good. I, I, uh, my brother helped me set up a Valheim server, and I've got like it's sixty-seven hours or something like that in it. Um, <gasps> it, it is super fun. Uh, we've killed up to the third boss. Oh my god! For a game that looks like it's on a Nintendo GameCube, um, and runs like it's on a Nintendo GameCube, uh, it is a lot of fun. 
uh, and my friends are like, I've got, you know, we can get, I think we usually get like five people on top uh, at one time. But uh, I will join one day, one day. It's, I hope so. It is, it is great. Like we've just been sailing. We built a long ship because um, you like build different sizes of ships in it. And we built a long ship and we sailed like halfway over the uh, planet. Uh, the planet is, is flat. And uh, we don't know what happens when we go off the edge yet, but we will be going off the edge of it at some point, uh, which is exciting. Um, I've just literally just been like running around trying to clear the whole map, um, but it's a lot of fun. Like it's kind of like uh, kind of like Conan Exiles, kind of like Skyrim. Um, you know, you do farming, you you fight monsters. Um, you know, it's uh... what prompted you to start on it? Like what, a lot of my friends were off. picking it up because it's dirt yeah. cheap. It's like twenty two dollars <laughs> Canadian. And uh, I realized you could do a dedicated server. So I thought, well, I, I basically only play games I can play with my friends unless it's like Baldur's Gate 2 or something like that, which I guess I could play with my friends. <laughs> um, but yeah, they were like a bunch of them were like, oh, you should get this. Like we, we should all play. So I'm like, all right. So I got it. And I probably caught up to all of them just because I don't sleep. So <laughs> some of them, some of them had a hundred hours when I started playing. Oh. And yeah. Isn't that so. game like two weeks old, three weeks yeah. old? Yeah, and that's why it runs like a potato because it's well. I mean, it's not bad because it's built on Unity, but like it, you know, it's like five guys or whoever made it. That's and of course, it's it's like Among Us. Like they never, they had no idea they were going to blow up. They had five million <laughs> concurrent players or something like that. Like what is it, what has caused this explosion? Just just like, what? it's you know it just it's the zeitgeist. It just hits that's... the right spot at the right time. You know, Vikings are in right now. I don't know why everybody loves Vikings. And it, to be fair, it is a good game. It is a fun game and people like survival games, but it's not as survivally, I think, as some other survival games. Yeah. Like you don't have to eat to survive, but eating will like increase your health and stamina and stuff like that. So nice. cool. uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, and it really, really does look like a GameCube game. So I think some people, that's actually a big draw. Because they really miss, they miss that era. Sure. So that's what's good is Valheim. Excellent. Or actually, uh, as I call it, it's Archheim. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> on, on my stream, it's Archheim. Um, real question. Are you singing sea shanties as you're sailing around the world? Yeah, a lot of uh, Weatherman and Roll the Old Chariot Along. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect favorite, so. I wouldn't expect otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's, um, before we move on, uh, Matt Moore, we've, we've gotten yeah. a request for a dab. And I think you know what that means. Yes, yeah. He's oh, getting too old for this. What's <laughs> right your shoulder? What's that over there? What's that right there? Oh, oh there it is. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Audience interaction. Thank you, Detective Popcorn, for that dab and for the 100 bits. Um, oh, let's move on over. Oh, we might as we well go over. You're a professional, Jim, but now you realize. It. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. They're professional. I'm the dancing monkey in the corner oh, that does all this We might as well go to you, Matt. What are you enjoying this week? <laughs> uh, I enjoyed that dab. It was like the most exercise I've had in weeks, which is kind of <laughs> sad for me, but we don't talk about that. Um, no, um... I, I'm actually really, really loving uh, Disney Plus's new edition of Star, uh, since they've now opened up the Fox archives. Uh, so much cool stuff is on there. Uh, I've, I'm actually slowly working my way through the uh, last two seasons of The Muppet Show that I couldn't buy commercially because they had all those locks because, you know, the Star Wars cameos that now Disney owns everything so I can watch them again. Nice. Because um, I'm a child, really. It's fun <laughs> that way. We are. Um, yeah. Um, pretty much just that, that in working. Um, I don't do much else other than that. So it's, yeah, that's pretty much it. Very good. I actually, actually just, I just re-uploaded Borderlands 3 today because I haven't played that in a couple of years. So I'm like, I'll give this another go. Now they've patched it all to business. 
Nice, nice. Um, yeah, I actually uh, started watching Fringe again on Star because of Control, which reminds me of Fringe. So uh, I started watching it again. It was uh, such a good show. Marcus, what are you liking right now? What's your yum? Uh, oh, I, oh, my yum. <laughs> we have a guest this oh. week. I have to behave. Yes, you do. Um. I, I've been I've been a, a mishmash of many different things, but all very in like in, in very sparse segments. Um, I mean, I've been trying to play a few video games and stuff. I, I just downloaded the uh, Final Fantasy VII remake today, so I'm really oh. excited to actually go through that. I I've heard you guys just rave about it for so long that I, I just can't wait. Um, but I did start playing uh, another one of the free PS Plus uh, games called Maquette. Oh, I was going to talk about that too. <laughs> it is really cool. It's it's very quirky. It's it's still kind of buggy, but it's really cool. I think it's like I'm a big puzzle person. I love like weird puzzles and stuff like that. So it's like a very surreal puzzle kind of game. Um, there's like this underlying like monologue of two people talking and stuff that's really kind of questionable and weird. And but it, if you're in any way interested in like puzzle games, it's something that you should check out if you have PS Plus because why not? It's free and it's interesting. Um, oh my god! Are the, yeah, it, it, we we gotta have a, a chat about it at some point, Eric. Mm-hmm. It's great. Uh, other than that, I've been uh, I've been spending a lot of time trying to track down. Um, I'm a, I'm a big Star Wars helmet collector person. I have a whole bunch. I have a wall of helmets, and I've been trying to collect a few of the more hard to find helmets um, or find kits that I can put together and make and everything. So in in my travels of doing that, I've been doing a lot of uh, eBay and Amazon buys. And then uh, for my other yum is these pair of sunglasses that I bought on Amazon because they're awesome. <laughs> oh, those are sick. <laughs> I I'm digging these, and I cannot wait to like wear these all summer long. Can you send me the link for those? I will. I will. Yeah, send, just I'll just send, send it in, in the group chat so no you one will know. You can get them in different colors. I I chose the classic. Yeah. Cyclops, Cyclops. because oh why why not we're all gonna but buy you can't have we? like black blue yeah we should all just own these because they're fantastic <laughs> oh my god that's amazing <laughs> and uh those are those are my yums nice i'm gonna actually go next because i'm just gonna go off the maquette thing maquette is such a good yeah. game it's a puzzle it's game so and cool. it's, it's free for psn yeah. plus um subscribers and um, basically there's uh in the middle of this sort of town type thing there's a a model a maquette in the middle and you can control what's happening in the town using that maquette in the middle. And it's just, it's so good. Like you, you resize things and the, the story is about two people meeting and sort of their life together. And one of the actors is Bryce Dallas Howard. So it's really well acted. Um, yeah. Oh, such a good game. I highly recommend it. Um, Hawk, you're the last hey. one. Yes. Uh, so my yum for this week. <laughs> you're going to kill Matt Moore. <laughs> Came uh, after Eric, Eric sent me this message, which began real talk and that. And uh, I always go by a recommendation of a TV series when Eric uh, begins in a serious tone like that. So my <laughs> what I'm vibing on this week is the Cinemax series Warrior, uh, currently available oh. on Crave. Uh, I am about nine episodes into it now. Uh, for anyone who's interested in watching it, it takes place around turn of the century America, uh, San Francisco, San Francisco area. right? 
Yeah. Yeah. And focuses mainly on the Tong Wars uh, of that period. Um, the first time I ever learned about the Tongs was way back when I was watching Deadwood. Uh, and, it, you know, I never I had never even heard the name. I did a little quick Google search on it and, that and found like this whole kind of rich history on like Asian, these Asian American gangs. And, that. and this series focuses solely on that with some of the most incredible fight sequences that I, I've seen on a TV series yeah. and that like the, it does not, a TV series should not look this good. As, <laughs> it should <laughs> not look that sequences. good. Right. No, um, no. It's, it's actually based on the writings of Bruce Lee. He had tried to bring the series to, to fruition back in the late sixties, but no studio would take him up on it because it's an Asian led TV show. So and then they, they made yeah. Kung Fu instead, right? That was the yeah, yeah, yeah. They made Kung yeah. Fu yeah. instead with a yeah. with a white person. So um, yeah, but now you jump now, ju- you jump ahead to 2019. The first four actors uh, listed in the main credits and that are Asian American actors, and it's awesome. amazing. It's such a good show. It's like the best Hollywood stunt people work on that show, and um, it's just you got me so hooked when you sent that first little clip, that first shot, that first scene. I or, I like yeah. I oh. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, I have to watch this show. Uh, there, there is an issue with the show. It, that being, it was part of Cinemax's um, lineup. And last year, um, actually the, the fall of 2020, they decided to stop all their live action TV shows or any of, any of their uh, original scripted uh, shows. So it got bought up by HBO Max. So now it's airing in the States on HBO Max. So hopefully it'll get a third season through them. Fingers crossed. All right, that's our what's good. And normally we move to the news next, but really there's, I feel like WandaVision is going to take up most of our time (laughs) um, because there's a lot to unpack there. And I don't think the only news I'd want to talk about is how Kim's convenience is now ending with this current season. And I don't think I can deal with the emotions of that (laughs) because I love that show so much. And and Simu Liu is actually really sad about it ending. So, ah, man. Hello, motherfucker. What? Oh, there's <laughs> there's so many things happening on their stream, so I keep on getting sound notifications. Hilarious. Oh. Anyway, let's move on to the the main topic, and that is WandaVision. So previously on Geeks with Kids, we ended up chatting about what we thought the series was gonna go towards uh, the finale, and what our hopes and dreams were for that last episode. So we jump into the aptly titled ninth episode of WandaVision, titled the series finale. Now. Where we normally do is this roundtable discussion where we just sort of talk about things we liked and what we felt about themes. Um, I'm going to actually start this with a summary of the episode just so that we can so we can just go off of that. Um, if you want to stop and, and bring up a point, feel free to do that. Um, or we'll just talk after the summary. I don't mind either way. So this episode sees Agatha Harkness attempting to take Wanda's chaos magic as she had previously done with her coven during the Salem trials. They are interrupted by Sword's version of the Vision who tries to kill Wanda. Luckily, her conditional Vision intervenes. As the two Visions fight throughout Westview, Agatha frees the residents of Westview from Wanda's control. I don't know why I wrote Westview twice. Um, From Wanda's control who then pleads with her to release them. In a turning point for Wanda, she fully realizes what she's done to the townspeople and she releases them, which allows Hayward and Sword to enter the barrier. On the other side of town, we see Monica Rambeau being held by Fietro, who we find out is actually Ralph Boner, an aspiring actor who is under Agatha's spell. Monica frees Ralph from her uh, grasps and goes on to help the twins fight Sword, displaying more of her newly acquired abilities. We then see the Vision versus Evil Vision fight come to an impasse where 
Good Vision tries to reason with Evil Vision using the Ship of Thesis thought experiment. Good Vision is then allowed to restore Evil Vision's memories, which creates a fully resurrected Vision. Possibly. White Vision then escapes through a hex-shaped window. Wanda and Agatha continue their fight, and at one point, Wanda hexes Agatha, allowed Tony Stark and Age of Ultron, to relive her past. As they continue to fight, we see that Wanda has placed magical runes around the barrier, which prevents Agatha from using her magic and she fully transforms into the Scarlet Witch in an amazing awesome. costume. <laughs> Wanda then traps Agatha in her Agnes wow. persona, which is sort of terrifying, and fans around the world <laughs> hope we get to see Catherine Hahn come back in the future. In an incredibly emotional scene, Wanda says goodbye to her twins and Vision before finally collapsing the barrier. She then leaves the town and goes into hiding. We'll talk about the post credit scenes later. What did you guys think of this finale? Um... Favorite parts, Easter eggs. Let's jump um, into it. Go. So, so I loved it. Loved everything that they did. There, I mean, there's a lot of things I was hoping would happen, didn't happen. A lot of no things mojo. I would have loved to have seen. No mojo. <laughs> no mojo. No mojo. Wow. <laughs> that, that was my. We were hoping for a post of a post credit scene where Mojo's just watching everything. Just no. like yes, yes. <laughs> um. I did love everything. I I was really my biggest disappointment was the was the Ralph Boner thing. Yeah. Like I just I really was hoping for some sort of interesting interdimensional tie-in with the X-Men universe and that kind of thing. I was really hoping there would be some sort of, you know, like just that glimmer of hope of of the X-Men entering the MCU kind of thing or crossing over or like, yeah. you know, something. Uh, so I was a little disappointed with that, but I mean, otherwise the episode was great. I still was hoping for, I don't know where I got it from, but I remember I was, I thought there was going to be some other big cameo, like some kind of like crazy. That, that was Paul Bettany. So Paul it Bettany, was, it was Paul Bettany. He, he did it. Like, oh, people, just, yeah. just you wait. You won't believe. I'm like, oh my God, Al Pacino no. is going to be in this. Here we go. Al Pacino. <laughs> Al Pacino is Mojo. So he said, this is his quote. He, he was talking, <laughs> he was talking to entertainment tonight canada and he was saying that he's he finally got to work with an actor that he he really respects his the full line of his work and he was totally trolling because he was just working with himself like that's just an amazing <laughs> troll yeah yeah it's brilliant <laughs> should we go off that uh quicksilver slash uh boner thing what did you guys uh think of? Yeah, yeah. they 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 cast I the quicksilver it's, i from believe the- it's pronounced boner I think nice. it's Bonner. Was it, <laughs> wasn't there a, a boner on Growing Pains too? Yes, there was. So I feel like that that's a Richard Richard's Richard Stabone. Yeah. Nice. I feel like that's a good pull, like for this show, would be yeah. having someone named Boner just like in Growing Pains. Having the sitcom deep cuts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, it was yeah. a, it was amazing. Like <clears throat> once you get beyond all the the hype that was built up about people's expectations around the x-men or fantastic four or the multiple dimension stuff i think that that you know that fan hype week to week was a lot of fun to prognosticate about but as an actual series you know it's focused on wanda's trauma and the effects of of you know vision's death and all that stuff i do wish the secondary characters had hadn't gotten such a short you know, shrift. Mm -hmm. Like I I feel like Monica got a real, you know, kind of not very much to do in that last episode and, and Darcy and they all kind of felt like they were pushed to the side and I get it. It's not their show, but it would have been nice to have a little bit more on their front, but on the whole, because Wanda 
and her grief is the anchor point emotionally for everything that pays off sat like in a real satisfying way mm. and so everything else you can kind of you know you, you hand wave and you go okay whatever other concerns i have the story they set out to tell emotionally they delivered on and that's what's going to last you know what i mean that they made the the stuff that they'd hinted about in for their relationship in um you know in in uh, infinity war like the way that they had shown that they had built up a little bit of that relationship between age of ultron and infinity war and all that stuff really paid off like you believe in that relationship you believe in those emotional uh the content of that and that's yeah. what lasts and that's what sticks and and beyond anything else because those characters were written well and because that trauma plays out in a really visceral and intense way and then you get this satisfactory like not satisfactory the satisfying payoff of it and her getting to say goodbye and all that stuff. And this, you know, the potential that they may even come back again, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. is where people's hearts lie. And that's why it works, you know, yeah. for me yeah. as a, yeah. as a viewer. There's something amazing about having this emotional journey through Wanda's trauma that you couldn't really get in a in a two-hour movie. Um, so having this series really built her character really well. And the fact that they mirrored it through the decades with different types of TV shows, like starting with the 50s where where you know people didn't really talk about things that were bothering them there's that fantasy family life and then going through each decade becoming more realistic until we hit the 2000s 2010s with the modern family where people talk more about stuff that troubles them like with the yeah with the interview camera style like i think that that was such a fascinating way to go about dealing with trauma uh on a show yeah yeah, big time. And, and that, that thing you mentioned about the deep dive, that you're able to spend hours with these characters instead of just, you know, the Avengers movies are amazing, the way they're able to bring together such an ensemble. But everyone, all their characterization is so brief. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The one thing yeah. I said to, to my wife, we finished watching it, I was like, man, you know, I think from the, from the announcement, you were like, oh man, Wanda gets a TV show. All these other characters get solo movies and all this stuff. In some ways she comes out stronger for it. She comes out way more well-rounded and it gets a deeper, you know, emotional arc across those films. Can you imagine if we would have gotten a TV show of the Hulk showing the transformation from the Hulk that loses in Infinity War and then where he ends up in Endgame with that smart Hulk and all that stuff. If they'd have shown that in a miniseries, that would have been so emotionally resonant and been so, you know, intense as a, as an experience. And yeah. it's like, now I want to see more of those. I want to see more yeah. deep dive kind of TV miniseries that has that movie quality to it. <clears throat> well, I was super hesitant stories. when they kept announcing all these series. I said, Oh, like, oh yeah. no, because they're going to be way lower quality. And that's obviously not the case. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. See the trailers, the Falcon and Winter yeah. Soldier looks like a movie. Well, the yeah. thing yeah. I kept bringing up last time was like the effects for what is essentially a TV show. Like these are just movie effects. Like this is just straight up like multi-million dollar, you know, per yeah. shot movie effects. They look amazing. And because it's, you know, it's nine episodes or whatever, uh, the actors really get to stretch their legs. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, and they play, they play smart. They definitely have episodes where they're flexing their muscles with the effects. And because of the sitcom format, they're able to ride out some, you know, it's mostly costuming and staging mm -hmm. stuff. But then when they finally get to those effects, you're like, look, this has to hold up to the Avengers. This has yeah. to be on the same level because it's the same characters. It's not even just the same universe. It's like, we have, and his name is John Sorry, um, I was gonna say there was, um, <laughs> there was a sound effect was, that just uh, played off. Sorry. No worries. I was wondering. 
Um, just going back to what you're saying with uh, with the last episode, where characters like Monica and Darcy didn't get the uh, didn't really get a lot of uh, attention. Mm-hmm. There's been some speculation online, and no one's either confirmed or denied it that when they were shooting this, it was right in the midst of when COVID hit. So there was some speculation that when they were wrapping the series up, certain actors couldn't necessarily go back to do reshoots or to Oh, interesting. Filming, yeah. Which would be why, like, in the that case would make a lot of sense. Uh, with Darcy, where she showed up for that one just second, a snap moment yeah. and, you're like, and she's no, alone in the scene her. too like she doesn't even have any other actors with her yeah. and then they just right. shot yeah. was it tal is it talbot hayward hayward yeah and then hayward. you just it's like a shot of her a shot of him so those could be yeah. back, you know pickups where it's just like you know one actor alone <laughs> right. that's what i said there's a lot of speculation yeah. that it was yeah. just they they weren't there or they either couldn't be on set at the same time or just they, they couldn't get all the actors together <laughs> right, and right. just finish filming with these problem solving so, so yeah. yeah exactly yeah. so it's the you know it's the who knows what it could have been but they still you never would have known yeah. to look at other than oh and they it, really didn't give a denouement on that but mm-hmm. and it's better than nothing I mean, like, better than, yeah, yeah, and then they pivot, if they had to pivot the focus to Wanda and Vision, awesome. Like, that's sort yeah. of the point of the series anyway, so yep. it kind of worked yep. out. Yeah. yeah oh, totally. OG Silent in our Twitch chat said um, Paul Bettany had an interview where he said that WandaVision had more FX shots than in Endgame. Hmm. Wow. That's, that seems, I mean, that seems I mean, weird. You know, I, mean, would say I mean, it is nine is not, hours or whatever. It's yeah. like maybe seven that, hours yeah. or, or whatever it works well, out. Well, I mean, if you... If you if you take into account all the times, like you see the the all the um, the sets glitch and uh, like mm-hmm. all those little tiny things, even the cheap effects, like there's cheesy effects that are happening that they're still spending good money and quality on. So if you add all those up, there's a lot of small things happening. So maybe that maybe numerically and, there is, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, they're yeah, not throwing I mean, the same amount of money, but yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. Yeah. I mean, like you're not going to see a giant Ant Man running around in the background and just be like, oh, that's just fine for shits and giggles. Have him run back and forth a few times; right, right. it'll be fine. But, but I mean, yeah, numerically maybe, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Either way, it's, yeah. it's still crazy impressive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, going back on that, that um, getting uh, a character fully realized through a series. I'm really excited for Hawkeye because he's one of my favorite favorite characters, and he hasn't really done much in the movies. Like he, we get a little bit of him in Infinity War and Endgame, um, more so with his family. Um, it's interesting it? that he does get the the most family ties and kind of emotional ties, but mm-hmm. they don't have time to spend on them because the ensemble cast is too big and yeah. there's too much stuff to do, right? So they, they have the material there for sure. There's definitely all the you know, the, the anchoring that you need to make it work. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm hopeful that it's going to be strong. Yeah, uh, me too. Mm-hmm. Especially with Kate Bishop coming in and yeah, them yeah. introducing some of the new Avengers. Speaking of new Avengers, um, we we had Jimmy and Tommy in this series and it looks like they have disappeared. But in one of the post credit scenes, we hear them screaming for uh, Scarlet Witch. Um, so in the second post credit scene, I should probably explain it. We see um, an arrow shot going towards a cabin in the woods, a solitary one, as they do in these movies, sort of like the Hulk did. And we see that one is making tea. But as the camera continues to the back room, we see an astral projection of her and her Scarlet Witch get up. And she's reading the dark home or studying it. And we hear the screams of Tommy and uh, Billy screaming out for help from her. What do you what do you think of this scene? What do you think of them possibly coming back in the future, maybe in an older form? Uh, and not just that, but the Doctor Strange theme is playing. Yes, yes, that. Time, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, oh. and wasn't that movie supposed to come out in like three three weeks at the end of this? Yeah, like yeah, recently? definitely. Yeah. So it would have been totally like a perfect different schedule. Yeah, yeah. would have just led right into uh, Multiverse of Madness. Totally, it would have been yeah. amazing. So, the big theory is that uh, they're going to go into the the whole theory about Wanda being 
a nexus being, you know, because we got the whole thing with the nexus, you know, antidepressant and that, uh, which was a mm-hmm. huge hint. In that. But so she's probably hearing Tommy and Jimmy and that from some other dimension of that. You know, I know like everybody was a little bit disappointed that we didn't get, you know, Pietro from another, you know, another multiverse dimension. Yeah. So, but yeah, so everybody thought Marvel was kind of closing. Uh, hold on one sec, Hawk. Yep. There's a sound effect playing on our Twitch stream. People are redeeming bits for uh, sound effects. Turn it off! I know, I don't know. I'm trying to... I was going to jump on something. I saw... What do you think of the idea that J. Jonah Jameson could be a Nexus being because of still being... I think that's just good casting. Yeah. Well, yeah. The perfect... Sometimes you got to cast the right person no matter what. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think... I mean, Multiverse of Madness is definitely going to be fascinating to see if they carry that idea forward with the Doctor Strange stuff, you know? So, um, yeah, I think it's an exciting time. One of the things that I, I just learned, you know, obviously I'm ludicrously biased, but I've learned not to bet against the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like every time they announce something and I kind of go, really? Really? You think that's yeah. going to work? You know, the, when they announced Guardians of the Galaxy way back when, and I thought, you got to keep in mind, nowadays, of course, Guardians of the Galaxy, huge hit, amazing. Those, I mean, those characters were not popular, you know, back in the no. day. And the comic was mid-list at best. And you were just like, you're going to make that? And that's a choice for all the characters and all the properties you have to pick from. You're doing Guardians of the Galaxy? And then it comes out and it is so good. It's one of my favorite Marvel movies. My mother now knows who, you know, Rocket Raccoon and Groot <laughs> are. Like, how did we get to this incredible Don't feel bad because my mom age. still doesn't know who those people are. No, not, it's like a, a golden age of these comic book movies that they can, you know, take any of these properties and, and dig down to the heart of what makes it so resonant and what makes it interesting and what makes it entertaining. And so I've kind of learned just like when they announce this stuff, I might have a moment where I go like WandaVision when they announced it and it was all one word. And I thought, what are you doing? That sounds warped, you know? And then, whatever they've got a plan you know Feige and the crew know what they're doing i'm just uh i'm along for the ride like anyone else i so when like falcon and winter soldier was probably the biggest thing i was excited for i love those characters in the comics Mm -hmm. you know i love um i love their comics you know i love just winter soldier as a character is so cool to me that he could have this crazy history and ed brubaker's just like let's bring him back yeah. Let's do it. Let's bring them back. So w- yeah. when they announced like series, I was like, oh man, like that should be, that should really be a movie. But after seeing WandaVision, I have full confidence that, you know. Well, and now you know, I'm, you're kind of relishing the extra time we're going to get to spend with the characters instead of it having to be this breakneck two and a half hour or whatever thing. You're like, yeah, man, give me, give me six hours. Let's really dive into it and, and get to know these characters and have those moments because they're going to make it worth it. You know, that's, I mean, uh, yeah, that excites me. Imagine nine episodes of Baron Zemo in any <laughs> oh my God. history. Oh my like, God. What? I am. Like, what? <laughs> Possibly the wearing the mask? Right? <laughs> I, I have to say, I think Baron Zemo is probably my most anticipated villain since Thanos. Like, I'm like, and it's not even like a, a, a big thing. Like, well, the potential you, of it, right? Like, you know, when they introduced him, he was okay and it works, you know, like I really like the Civil War movie, but it's not much because of him. It's because of everything else mm-hmm. happening around yeah, him. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, and now if they can really build him up to be this A-list villain or be this real master manipulator, oh, I think it'll be so much exactly. better. 
th- at this point, like, th- well, we have an entire series or a mini series like this to stretch it out and really like dive into it, which would be great. But also, um, I mean, like, because we had that character go through the uh, the events of Civil War and everything, now we, he has more motivation. He has a lot more riding on, uh, well, not riding on, but like he has a lot more to motivate him to be the proper villain that we want him to be and to really, really start manipulating. And hopefully at this point, maybe he's a little bit better with a sword and stuff too. Really <laughs> Do you great. think he's going to be even more angry since they didn't stop the snap the first time? I, I wonder if, so <laughs> oh, we, we, we got to hate- you Sorry. think like he would have figured out a way like I mean yeah. he's a very intelligent character. He he would have he seems like the kind of guy who'd be like you like this is supposed to be your job. Like yeah. why didn't you stop that? You couldn't save Sokovia. Yeah, now you can't save cool. half the universe. Be, like right. you know why are you even really heroes? good? That'd yeah, well really we we, we talked about it last episode where um WandaVision created this new type of villain that's sort of this uh dealing with the after effects of the blip, right? So Hayward mm-hmm. was created because he he went through the blip, all that loss and then he had to deal with the aftermath of the, everyone coming back and not sh- making sure everyone was safe. I wonder if they're going to take Baron Zemo and add a little bit of that mm-hmm. that to him, because that would be a really interesting take on that Did, character. Didn't I say last week that everything is still Tony Stark's fault? Because <laughs> it seems like he it didn't doesn't. stop the blip, and then he brought everyone back. So it's still all his fault. Nice. Everyone still gets to blame him for everything happening in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> Even dead, he's still the villain? That's right. That's yeah. right. Tony is the best and the worst of the Marvel Universe all in one. <laughs> Which That's is right. a great character. Oh, yeah. it's amazing. I mean, when I think of growing up, and Iron Man was a book that I would skip more often than not because it just didn't compel me very much. And now Tony Stark is this super A-list character that everyone knows and loves. And I think, like, he, that was not the case. That was not the case back in the day. Like, Iron Man was a good book at times but it was really dependent on who was on it and it wasn't the the book that you know you would collect and everyone was breathlessly talking about that just wasn't the character you know mm-hmm. and again their ability to take these characters and find something really special beneath the surface and pull it up and and cast really well and write really well and bring them to the fore it's uh it's an incredible thing they're putting together yeah yeah um they they they've not only just um written these really good like main characters but we also got these amazing secondary characters in jimmy Mm -hmm. woo we get darcy um (laughs) and and the fact that they have been this sort of shining light this series and everyone on the internet is just like where's my jimmy woo slash darcy series yes how do you not love randall park as jimmy woo like he's (laughs) so lovable and his little arc of him uh getting into the close-up magic and in that last episode with the flourish yes with a flourish. <laughs> I mean, part of me watching that scene, part of me is like, nobody saw this guy palm a cell phone that's behind him. And there are two guards behind him. But I'm like, you know what? If Batman can just reappear in Gotham because he's Batman, Jimmy Woo can palm a cell phone if two people are watching. He's got like a plus 12 sleight of hand. That's good stuff. Uh, well, I think that's one of the things, like you're saying, their ability to build warmth in, in the secondary characters as well has been really amazing, where you you cheer for these background characters, which is, you know, when I read the comics and I think about some of my favorite supporting cast, that's a, that's a deft trick to be able to pull that off in these movies and in these other series where the secondary characters become so beloved and, and engaged that seeing Darcy come back was like, oh, yeah, you, this is good. I like this, you know, yeah. like this is it, it gives a feeling of continuity in the way that the best comics do you know mm-hmm. and to see that on such a broad scope over and over again 
I still just shake my head because it just seems so impossible that we're seeing all this stuff. You know, even Vision and Scarlet Witch, like they're two of my favorite characters. I've had the thrill to write them multiple times. Um, and to see them now, like the most popular superheroes in the world right now, like that's that's utterly surreal to me. That's so, so strange. Jim's <laughs> yeah. a bump. That's what it yeah, is. Oh, yeah, right. The only, <laughs> thing that it, the only thing that worries me about that is that now... Uh, every A-list writer is going to want to jump on and, and write their stories. Like, you know, the, 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 you couldn't get people to write some of these characters before, and now everyone wants them because they're, they're you know, Hollywood. So yeah. it's kind of a, a, a mixed blessing in that Should, regard. Shouldn't but, that increase sales of your, your trades, though? I would hope so. I would hope <laughs> that, like, I, you know, if they announce a, a movie called Avengers uh, No Surrender, then I'm sure I'll do just fine. But uh <laughs> I'm yeah. still praying for a Skull Kickers movie, okay? Oh, man. Hey, well, we've got I got my fingers crossed for Thunderbolts, as well. Oh, you know, th yeah, Thunderbolts, I feel like, uh, of all the things I've written, the Thunderbolts stuff probably is the most attached to the MCU bits that mm. you could make work. Because having, you know, uh, uh, Bucky end up leading a group of... of criminals trying to reform and some of them using him and abusing him and all this kind of stuff uh that would be awesome and if you had some sort of cosmic power at the center of it oh. whether it's kobik or someone else i feel like you could totally play that in the mcu and it would it would play very cleanly i think you could do thunderbolts in some really really cool ways uh i i will be looking forward to if they introduce any of the thunderbolts villains in with zemo I'm just going to be licking my chops to see if that turns into something. Cool, you know? <laughs> oh, the possibilities. Oh, oh. Yeah. Uh, speaking of villains, we, we should talk about Agatha Harkness because oh, yeah. um, she yeah. was brilliantly Catherine portrayed Hawn. by Catherine Hahn. And uh, her relationship with Wanda was always, I, I, I felt that she was always, always sort of this gray character where you weren't sure if she was good or bad. And she was always that teacher type of um, person to Wanda, at least uh, from what I've read. And we get a little bit of that teacher moment when when Wanda puts those hexes on. I think that was their oh. sort of their their little nod mm. to it. But yeah. I love that um, the series didn't end up killing this character because it would be such a waste of a I, such a a deep character that um that they just get rid of her. And now that she could sort of come back, like we don't know how how the hex is going to work around her. But yeah. Yeah, well, we, just just the fact that she was like, you know, if if I need you, I know where to find you, and like everything like that. That was a great way of just getting everybody satisfied with, okay, Catherine Hahn's probably coming back at some point. We're gonna see her again. I love Catherine Hahn, and I realized somebody did a great um, like mashup video, and it they said like, it really was uh, Agnes or uh, Agatha. Agatha the whole yeah. time, or whatever. And it's just her like she's been screwing with people <laughs> from different characters from different movies and TV shows for <laughs> years, and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Catherine Hahn is the ultimate villain. Like, she's a sleeper <laughs> villain. Oh my god, it's amazing, and I just love her to death. She's so good. Yeah, yeah I think the she, one thing she did such a really good job of of building up all the facets of that character. <laughs> you know, the the surface level where she's not just the nosy neighbor, but the nosy neighbor plus. Like she's so overwhelmingly helpful and overwhelmingly nosy and into everything. And then seeing that slow kind of turn was really great. And the character is extremely different from the comics, but satisfying in a very different way. So mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. I was just going to say the one thing I find really interesting is that it, when it comes to all the MCU, really the only antagonists we've seen that haven't been killed off in some way, shape or form have been the magic users. That I'm okay with that. 
Yeah, <laughs> I'm totally, I'm hundred percent okay I, with that. I just, I, I know well, so much. To me, to, the, the, yeah, they tend to love to kill off really compelling villain villains in the character driven movies. I'm like, I, I, I still get why, that, but like, but why? Andy Serkis is to me the biggest injustice. Like him, I, I loved, I loved Ulysses Claw. I loved his mm-hmm. claw. It, it may again another like kind of lower list villain from the comic books that like not a lot of people but a really primary about. villain for black panther so yeah. exactly really and then you feels like he should have like, stuck around yeah yeah and it would have been so easy to just instead of kill him just shoot him and like you know bring him in alive and have them take like the wakandans take and like it could have been so easy and like you could have explained a million ways what how he escaped or somebody helped him or any, anything you want but i love that character and now that he does like and, well, Barring some sort of magic, because right? they killed him and yeah, well. Leroy gone, unfortunately. The uh, the one thing I always like, I would people when people talk about this, I say yes, but since we're now dabbling in the realm of the multiverse, uh, yeah. means nothing. Any character that's dead, it means absolutely nothing. Yeah, but you've got to be careful not to pull that trigger too many times, right? So one of the difficulties in the comics, because you're telling these stories so often, is is the amount of resurrection and the amount of fake outs. Mm -hmm. It it loses its sting. It loses its emotional quality, right? So it's one thing for them to set up and say, okay, look, Vision has got his memories back and the, the pale vision has gone off. And then there's you know, the, the kids are crying out from another dimension. We've peppered in this idea that they could come back and we're okay with that, emotionally speaking. But if you just pull a gotcha over and over again and you go, oh no, you know, Ulysses Cloud didn't die and this didn't happen and Killmonger's not dead. You're just like, at some point you kind of go, well, nothing matters then. If it, you yeah, know, you yeah. can have the extremes, the extremes of too many characters are dying and then you're like, well, nothing matters because everyone's going to die. Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones or you know, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, some uh, Walking Dead when it's in, uh, mm-hmm. I think, a really vicious kind of mode. Um, or you have the no one dies, no one can ever die, everything comes back. So why am I, you know, it, nothing feels like it has any uh, staying power. You know, Jim, so, have right. you gotten to kill or bring back any characters in any of the comics you've written? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, so I can't think of any. Yeah, I'm because I'm such an old school comic nerd. I, I really don't like offing characters because I know it's going to be undone. So I'd rather put them in a difficult circumstance they have to live with than, than knock them off. Do you know what I mean? Um, there's yeah. The end of Thunderbolts, my run on Thunderbolts, um, there's a couple characters who go missing and are basically collapsed in an avalanche and, and you're like, well, they're, they should technically be dead. And so people were asking me, well, you know, would you have brought them back? And it's like, well, yeah, I had a plan to do another run of Thunderbolts or some other series after, um, uh, uh, secret empire, you know, that I had pitched and then it didn't end up going forward. And so I, was going to solve that but now it's unsolved and it's up to some other writer to decide if they want those characters to come back or not but i don't yeah i don't tend to go out of my way to murder off people i go no that's not true i have murdered have murdered <laughs> the people um there was a character oh man you know now that we're doing this live of course i can't remember <laughs> their name so in mystery in madripoor um there's this character that claremont had made for the original run of wolverine in the marvel comics presents and she had literally showed up in like five or six issues and that's all she was she was like this kind of psychic vampire girl like bad girl evil thing 
Uh, and I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but someone will have to look it up. Um, and we used her as a way to bring back the original Betsy Braddock body for Psylocke. And part of the way I did that was by killing her off and her energy kind of dissipates. And then Betsy uses it to reform her original British body. And so uh, I have killed a character and, and we <laughs> killed her dead. Uh, Sapphire Sticks? Is that Sapphire it? Sticks. That's, okay. that's her name. Yeah. Good stuff. That's a sweet name, actually. Yeah, it is. Yeah. They, she was really <laughs> underutilized. I was reading up on Madripoor stuff uh, when I pitched that book because they I knew they wanted, uh, they asked me to do a, a Madripoor themed miniseries and they didn't we didn't know exactly what we were going to do with it and i was just reading every magical surprise motherfucker and she came up and i was like whatever happened to her and then i read and i go nothing nothing's happened to her she's literally done nothing <laughs> it's like well then that makes her we can do something interesting and what that ended up becoming was this series of ingredients i put together to switch up uh the way betsy braddock was going to work and psylocke and all that kind of stuff and so yeah so i killed her dead She's got a uh, great wiki entry where it just says weapons, handgun. That's it. That's it. Just like, yeah, wow, so that guy's got claws made of unbreakable metal that come out yeah, of his hands. Probably and she's not, got a gun. not good enough. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I kind of um, – but that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head that I've that I've kind of uh, – Murdered, I guess. Did or, you bring yeah. back Kulan Gath? Because he, I thought he was dead. Or I didn't. Did somebody else do that. In, I thought that's Savage, Savage Avengers. Avengers. So yeah, Jerry, that's okay. um, Jerry Dugan. Yeah, he's doing. Uh, he's doing Conan running around the Marvel Universe. I'm doing Conan running around the Hyborian Age. So that's it's all good. My jam. By the way, I like I've making stuff them. honestly more than I like killing off stuff. So one of the things that happened early on when I was doing um, Uncanny Avengers, um, I was talking to my editor Tom Brevoort, and he basically we were trying to solve some story problems. And one of the things that uh, we were talking about was, well, how do we get around this? I want to use this character. And that character was being used elsewhere. And I was just like, and, and my editor, Tommy goes, well, you can just make another character that performs the same function in the story. And I went, I can make stuff. And he's like, yeah, that's how they made the Marvel <laughs> universe, Jim. That's how it works. <laughs> and, and so um, in that issue, I ended up having the, the juggernaut fights, the uncanny Avengers. And he, we end up opening a portal. Uh, Dr. Voodoo opens a portal and these, uh, because Juggernaut's power comes from the, the gem of Cytorak, these little mini Juggernauts, these little creatures called Cytorians come out and they basically drag him away. And I made those up. And oh, Sean awesome. Isaac made these little tiny Juggernaut creatures. And uh, the day the issue came out, some fan put it on the wiki that there's these little Cytoras. And I was like, <laughs> I made a thing in the Marvel universe. Oh crap. <laughs> and from that point on, I've been pretty addicted. And so everything from like, you know, Voyager to snow guard to all these different kind of characters and, and ideas. I want to try and make as much cool stuff in the Marvel universe as possible because that uh, hopefully, you know, one of those becomes something that people really remember and love over the years, you know, that, cause that's the stuff that, I think is so exciting about it. It's such a dynamic and vibrant creative space to be able to make cool stuff. And Marvel's not going to say no. Like they're like, <laughs> Hey, I got an idea for a new thing. Cool. Like throw a new hero, a new villain into the mix instead of just going back to the well for the 4,000th time, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Big time. Not that awesome. I don't like doing that too. I love the old <laughs> continuity and pulling weird old threads. Like when I was writing champions and I go, I want to have man things show up. And they're like, how are you going to put those together? It'll be cool. You're just like, <laughs> do you mean, do you mean old issues of Conan I've bought because of you? Oh, <laughs> because dude. I have... So glad to hear it. Yeah. Like I, you know, and I love, 
Uh, writing Conan's the best. <laughs> I just, as soon as I say it, I'll just get the smile on my face. I do these interviews with people are like, what are you working on right now? And I go, Conan the Barbarian. And then I sort of think to myself, <laughs> how did I get here? This is the craziest thing. Conan, but Marvel doesn't have the film rights, right? Like we can't get like a Conan. No, so Conan Properties it's is not. an actual company. It's this company right. called Cabinet Entertainment and they have a subdivision called Conan Properties. So um, I, I know those guys really well now because um, we're doing all of our approvals through them for the comics, right? Because yeah. Marvel is licensing it from okay. Conan Properties. So um, Frederick Malberg, he's the head of Conan Properties and we'll like DM each other over Twitter all the time and send each other crazy crap. They've got a Netflix deal for Conan they've announced. So there's gonna be a show in cool. development. Um, yeah, Fred and I are chatting all the time about crazy Conan stuff. And he really, uh, he's been a big supporter of, of what I've been doing and he's very excited about our future plans and stuff. So it's nice, it feels really good to be able to kind of you know, be able to throw big ideas off him or, or just tell him, you know, why I really like the property or what I see readers responding to within it, you know, and um, I'm really hopeful for the future on that stuff. I had a really brief moment where I thought I got really excited about the idea of a Conan series on Disney plus, but on Netflix is great because they've been doing great with their fantasy properties. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think they'll do right by it. And, and, you know, like even just the, the preliminary stuff that Fred's been talking to me about, it all sounds like everyone's on the same page. Cause half the battle in Hollywood is getting the people just getting something, you know, through the goalposts is tough, but then making sure that people see the same vision of it. You know what I mean? That they all understand what we're coming here to make. Right. You know, um, I do a lot of work for Dungeons and Dragons and, you know, Wizards of the Coast has been working with Warner Brothers on movie stuff. And one of the biggest things is trying to make sure the people that are the decision makers and the money people that everyone sees the same kind of picture, that they all know what we're going for. And that kind of uh, unity can be really difficult when you have so many moving parts in Hollywood. Like in comics, it's like I got to convince my editor and the art team. OK, we're all seeing the same thing. Let's go. And, it, and it's it's a much more controlled system you know but the with so much money and so many different departments involved in the hollywood end of things it's kind of mind-numbing at times and when you see it done well when you see a tv show that lands in every department you know wandavision or, or anything else um and you've if you've ever been involved in any of this stuff you know how rare that is and so you feel this intense like wow you guys really did it like you really <laughs> you stuck the landing and everyone did a good job in editing and and filmmaking and the casting and the all those stupid moving parts you know what i mean i remember um there's this great anecdote that uh, neil gaiman was talking about when they were filming this is really early in his kind of hollywoodish stuff they were doing a bbc series of neverwhere mm -hmm. Um, I, I really low budget, I think, cause it's BBC of course. Right. Um, and he says, you know, he wrote a paragraph in the book and there's a scene where one of the characters, some vagrant screams at him and punches him and knocks him into the mud. And he, you know, it's just a moment he wrote it on his, on his keyboard and that was all there was. And he goes, and here I am in the middle of this soundstage. And because it's pouring rain, they have to continually pour water on this soundstage and everyone's getting drenched. And every single person on the set is there's 50 people on set and the sound people and the, the cinematographers and the actors, everyone's covered in mud and water and the sound people running around and to set up a shot just to knock someone's ass into the mud takes them an hour and a half. And then they knock the guy into the mud. And they're like, ah, oh, it didn't quite work the way we want. Okay, every reset all the thing and everyone dry the guy off and we got to do it over again. And he goes, and we spent five hours knocking a guy into the mud because I wrote two <laughs> sentences. 
(laughs) And you think to yourself, oh my God, like it's so much easier just to write it. It's so much easier just to do the comic, you know? And then to try and envision that through all these crazy filters and things is so much harder and so much more work to get that singular experience on the screen. You know? Yeah. 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 Matt, <laughs> like I, I have to give props to Kevin Fahey, 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 Feige. Um, Feige, Feige. Feige for everything he's done with the Marvel universe. Like it, it's just amazing how we've gotten to this point. Um, yeah. Everything I've heard is that, you know, I've never met him, but I've heard he's, he is a real fan, like an absolute fan of the stuff, you know, um, he, he really loves the material and he wants to do right by it, but he's not precious in the sense of like, you have, depending on the character, 30, 40, 50 years worth of continuity, you can't do it all. Mm-hmm. So you got to pick the stuff that's going to be most, you know, poignant or relevant to the here and now and to the actors and the, and the writers and the directors. Yeah. And that's, um, that's a tough tough thing to do to filter as much as as there is you know yeah and it, it just seems mm-hmm. like he's building a puzzle and for some reason every time he picks up a piece he already knows where it goes yeah. well i like, think like, he's, I don't he's know got really could... smart people working behind the scenes too like yeah. Yeah. He, you know the casting has been brilliant and the um picking directors that they that simultaneously are passionate enough to make something cool mm-hmm. but also are willing to follow the marvel tapestry that's being un you know rolled out i yeah. think is that's a tough balance to do as well i, I also and, and, yeah they haven't always been able to pull it off and that you yeah. know no i mean can't. there's some of the, but what i think what's most impressive is the worst marvel movie is still entertaining do you know what i mean yeah. like yep. i have never left the movie theater after a marvel <laughs> movie and been like that sucked like it's yeah. always been yeah. like okay you know yeah that wasn't the best one but i i had good laughs the writing was good the characters the, the characters almost always elevate the material and you know robert downey jr is a perfect example of it like he would make even the weakest iron man movie is still entertaining as all hell because of him you know and so i the films that i wasn't like overjoyed i still went yeah i got my money's worth that was that was fine you know they kept the ball rolling yeah Yeah. what i I met though was that uh every time they've tried to bring in like more of a visionary director like edgar wright and that they're always in the conflict issues and that because he has an idea about how it's going to go and they have absolutely yeah the 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 auteur kind of director is not what they want and for better or for worse that's the you know that's a franchise right that's the way that this stuff goes you have to you're you're being sublimated by the the broader system you know what i mean like I get hired to, not that it's on the same scale, obviously, but I get hired by Marvel when I'm writing continuity, you know, for superhero stuff, they want my ideas and they want my excitement, but my ideas still come up against the broader Marvel universe. And if I'm doing something insanely risky or changing a character in a very severe way, it has to be with an understanding of a net benefit, right? Yeah. So if I'm going to break a Betsy Braddock free from Psylocke's, you know, Asian body or whatever. The reason why we were able to pitch it and get it done is because we ended up with two characters instead of one. Yeah. And so now we have, you know, um, the, the, the two characters that they can now tell stories with. So rather than me just killing someone off for the sake of killing someone off, or is this a really great story rather than it just being like shock value or whatever may have you. And so, you know, my, if I need an independent space to just go buck on something, that's what my creator owned books are for. That's where I can unfettered, you know, make crazy stuff and not have to 
the only person I got to impress is my artist, you know, and, and let's go. Who's amazing. It. Yeah. I've got <laughs> yeah. some amazing collaborators. I'm really, really proud of the, the books I've been able to put together, but you know, within the Marvel system, I think people have the wrong idea. They assume that it's one of these two extremes. Either I have no creativity whatsoever and editorial gives me marching orders and I just fill in dialogue balloons or that I can do whatever the hell I want. Mm -hmm. And it's like, neither of these things are true. You know yeah. what I mean? Like um, I can pitch ideas and, and, a big part of it in any job, in any kind of uh, field is communicating and, and convincing someone that this is the right path to go, that my yeah. idea is the one that's going to have the best net benefit, whether that's excitement of the fans and sales, obviously, but also just cool opportunities for storytelling and uh, emotional depth or whatever may have you. And so part of my job is to convince the editor, this is the right way to go. So then they're championing it up the ladder and saying, we got to do this. You know, Jim's got this crazy cool idea, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah I, I also appreciate that Marvel, at least uh, the MCU has seemed like they aren't just beholden to a lot of what we've seen so far, or they'll, they'll sure. slightly evolve something. Like, for example, going back to WandaVision, like the the actual Scarlet Witch. Like, mm -hmm. I remember hearing in an interview like years ago that they'd never put her in that costume. Right, and right, she, right. She'd never get that moniker. And look at sure. what we have in WandaVision. Like, it's such a good evolution of that character. And, well, and it's uh -huh. figuring out a way to make it work. Absolutely. In the original, you know, version of her in Age of Ultron, I'm like, ah, she's real, you know, kind of low rent villain mm -hmm. turned into a hero. Yeah, it's fine. It's whatever. I really like Wanda as a character. I really want, you know, to see more of her in the comics as well. I want to. I want to write more stories with her uh, before this uh, series even came out, but seeing them do right by her and doing like the big magic and, and have her kind of be this huge character on a power level and on an emotional level. I feel like that is all you could ask for as a, you know, as an actor and as a writer and that's the best, you know? Yeah. There's this uh, big internet uh, theory rumor. Thing. I'm going to go with theory. Um, that Here's a theory. <laughs> that, um, that they're trying to put uh, the Scarlet Witch persona or um, uh, magical being sort of as this sort of big celestial type being, sort of like the mm -hmm. the Phoenix in, right, in right. this. Like, and it's sort of you sort of see that imagery in this, and I I wonder if they're gonna go towards that way. I think that would be a cool way of doing. Yeah, their, I don't know. I think you know. I feel like fans want more you know marvel universe stuff faster so i think that they're just trying to push and push everyone wants to sort of look at the, look at the edges and kind of go okay where's reed richards okay where's P professor x and wolverine and let's go you know and 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 the celestial stuff or or any of the cosmic stuff they just want to push it further and faster and it's cool obviously the reason why people are so excited and why they're creating all these fan theories is because they're passionate about the material yes. and you couldn't ask for anything else from a fan base you know even if they're occasionally disappointed because you didn't do a hundred crazy things at once the fact that they're theorizing is because you first of all have all these amazing ingredients and second of all that that they're passionate and they want to see the connective tissue you know yeah yeah, yeah. uh one of my uh favorite characters growing up uh like like because uh I started reading comics in the 90s, early 90s, was the OG, like, white vision. And to see him on screen and sort of that dickish, like, more robotic version of vision that I remember reading was such nice. a good idea. What did you guys think of that whole ship of Theseus? Not combat, but sort of a battle that of wits I, that happened in the... That's my favorite episode. part of the series, yeah. because we so rarely see 
like ver- like it's i don't even know if it was verbal sparring but it was just like i'm gonna convince this person sparring, yeah. yeah with word i'm gonna i'm gonna beat this person with words especially in a the kind of universe where everybody just punches each other to death um, yeah, I don't know if you guys know that specific interaction is taken from a Mark Wade issue of Avengers. What? So yeah, yeah. So Mark Wade wrote this. Uh, it's a um, Immortus storyline. Um, it's really, really good. And that little sequence, it's not exactly the same, but he talks about the ship of Theseus and he's talking to himself from a different time period. And so I love when they when they call back to like absolute stuff. You know, um, the speech that. Um, uh, uh, Sharon Carter has at the funeral, uh, you know, that's taken from an issue of Captain America. And Cap says most of those lines that she says during the, you know, that whole thing of when someone says, you know, move and you say no or all that stuff, that's all taken from the comics, almost line for line from from speeches that Cap has said. So it's like that stuff feels so cool that that they're really finding those poignant moments to pull from great issues. And that vision one's a kind of a deep cut. It's a really good Mm-hmm. Uh, piece you know and and not something i ever obviously expected to see up on the screen and as it was playing out i just got this big smile on my face i'm like <laughs> man mark mark must is you know must be getting tingles because you know that's dialogue you wrote like that's gotta be utterly surreal you know uh, very strange that's amazing i have to look that up now um the mcu is also known for these amazing moments between characters especially family and in those goodbye moments we get the iron man i love you 3000 which is that last scene between them we get um uh the uh yondu's goodbye in guardians of the galaxy 2 that's my boy um and then this time we get wanda saying thank you for choosing me um to her twins and i thought that was just like me having kids, I was just like dying inside. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and outside, I was crying outside and inside. But, yeah. Um, what did you guys think of? And, and then the, the continued um, goodbye with Vision and how they're, um, they're not just saying goodbye. There's hopefully a hello again. What did you guys think of these goodbye scenes? Oh my God. They're, they're fantastic. They're tear jerkers. And really, I, like the first time I watched it, yeah, I cried. Second time I watched it, I'm watching it with uh, with my wife, I'm watching it with Chris, and we, you know, I just, I'm fine. I'm like, I've seen this. I know it's gonna happen. It's okay. I can make it through. <laughs> and I just, and as soon as you look over, you're like, oh crap! I see her face just pouring, <laughs> and I'm like, no, it just starts happening. Uh, but I mean, think about that. Like, to to be affected constantly on that level by a, a bunch of comic book characters that mm-hmm. people used to kind of just joke and prod at you know like this people didn't think this was even possible at one time and really if you look back at the old like comic book movies of the 90s and such no one thought they would be good enough to do stuff like this but like to actually affect you like this now we have uh, this little mini series that i've been so invested in that that goodbye killed me but at the same time gave me so much hope for their future for that whole family's future i can't wait to see what they come up with. Marcus, are you saying you did cry when Whistler died in Blade? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean... I mean, if we're, if we're, if we're cutting hair, yeah, <laughs> for, for eight weeks, for eight weeks, they've been at the top of the pop culture mountain. Like that's crazy. When I think about yeah. it, you know, mm-hmm. most movies wouldn't get that much mm-hmm. at the, at the front forefront of everyone's conversation. You know, once even Endgame, 
you know, within a month, six weeks, people, all the secrets were out. Everyone knew, had said what they wanted to say about it, had spoiled all the stuff. But you had this ongoing conversation that just built on that emotional quality over and over and over again, and then paid off in the end. So like my wife and I, we were so worried about being spoiled that we started watching them on Friday mornings. So we would get up (laughs) literally like 7.30 or eight o'clock in the morning, I would get a cup of tea and then we'd turn it on and we'd watch. And so I'm sitting there in my PJs, re- watching freaking Von- WandaVision with a cup of tea at, at quarter to eight in the morning, and we're bawling our eyes out. And I'm just like, this is how I'm starting my Friday. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, like this is crazy. But but it worked. It was really, yeah. really sharp, you know. So Matt Moore. we did it. Oh, well, um, I was just gonna say the um, the vision and Wanda goodbye, absolutely beautiful and heart-wrenching. Mm-hmm. The goodbye they had with their kids. It, it, it hit me, but it hit me, I think, differently because it's the, it's the words she chose. Thank you for choosing me as your mom. Mm-hmm. And then to have in the post credit her hear them made me go, oh, are they Nexus beings as well, too? Or did she pull their spirits from somewhere? Like, it's, it's such like a... That, you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. just one of those, because I'm like, I'm like, it's the way that they worded it. And it's just, I'm just naturally marvel paranoid where i listen very carefully to the especially in in poignant moments because they never just say a thing because it sounds cool well especially now now they know usually everything's gonna be you know everyone analyzes things so much so i was like it was beautiful but i was like why did she say it that way and then post credit i was like that's why she said it that way okay cool may not have been may have just been a coincidence but i I but it probably helps that the script gets a couple passes too, right? So like oh, they yeah. know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's not like the actor was like, "I'm going to say plan. this," and then yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I yeah. love seeing the Darkhold. You know, the the old Marvel Universe Necronomicon or whatever you want to call it, the big uh, yeah. evil bad magic book. That stuff's great. I you know I love all the magic stuff in the Marvel Universe, and the more of it that they bring into it, the happier I am. So I want like. I want man thing. I want every supernatural character <laughs> yeah. to show up. And oh, I just, so cool. I want all that crazy crap. Like that is, that is the stuff that feels like the Marvel universe to me, the weird mm-hmm. uh, little corners mm-hmm. and the strange characters. Those are the things I love most. So. Yeah, it's funny because um, you mentioned the Darkhold. Yeah. Uh, one of our Twitch uh, viewers, OG Cylon, said, um, Agnes said Wanda's more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme. Is she going to be battling Doctor Strange maybe in uh, Multiverse? I, I, you know, I do have a feeling they're going to have maybe not through the whole film, but there's going to be a villainous element. Like she's either going to be corrupted by the dark hold or she's going to be trying to save her kids. So she'll be justified to take out anyone in her way. Like there's going to be a magic scrap for sure. They've set it up. They've primed the pump. They've said she's more powerful than strange for a reason. They like, we want to see magic battle on that kind of scale. Elizabeth Olsen as Liam Neeson and Taken and Doctor Strange has all the what is it, Bosnian or Bulgarian or whatever baddies because he can make multiple versions of yeah. people, right? But I'm just I'm most excited because we have they're setting that up, but we also have uh, Agatha who's kind of in that weird limbo little pocket pocket limbo. Yeah, I don't and know that they have. I think Mordo it might be too soon for them to bring her back for the Doctor Strange sequel. I feel like that. Yeah. Like maybe she's a post credit on Doctor yep. Strange too, where you're yeah. like, oh, she's loose or whatever. But yeah. I don't think that's where they pay it off. I think it's too soon. They'll they'll well, leave that in their pocket. Yeah. 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 The post credit's I mean, like, gonna be Mordo uh, releasing yeah. her. Well, <laughs> we have Mordo kicking around that we have seen nothing from yeah. since yeah. the yeah. end of Doctor it's Strange. True. It's true. 
and I mean, what better way? Like, who else could bring in to mix things up even worse than bring? I want Mordo more Dormammu, in. man. Like, I oh, want, yeah. I want to yes. see like oh my some god, some of the yes. cool plot lines, some of the classic Doctor Strange stories with Dormammu. Yeah. I want to see that stuff mm-hmm. pay off. I want to see Clea. You know? Well, we don't have a we don't have a dimension. time stone anymore, right? right? So his whole thing with Dormammu, like what? Like he's gonna be back, yeah, right? You yeah. can't I not. Want, yeah, I want Clea. I want the dark dimension. I want the, oh, the, the dark the, dimension. The mindless ones, all that stuff. Oh, oh did, yeah. Did you, did you guys? You guys all watched uh, the the TV show Legion? Yes. I didn't end up watching. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I oh, watched I the first loved, season. I loved it. It is good. I, I yeah, yeah. It. it was. It was cool. It was cool. It was. It was a different kind of show, and it was a different. Oh yeah, kind super of, trippy. Um, yeah, it was. It was. It was really messed. It was like yeah. It was kind of like you you took a hit of acid and you watched the show. <laughs> um, but like they they introduced the shadow shadow king i think they yeah. called it oh yeah. i did shadow king. King. yeah um and and like i, w- I want to see that i want to see more of that kind of thing too yeah. or well, like, they need uh, to set up those big big villains you know one mm-hmm. of the difficulties about doing the infinity gauntlet and thanos is you know you blew your wad like that is a yeah. big 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 cosmic <laughs> baddie that's the right one to it's the right one to use you know but like who can step up to that scale yeah, there's not exactly. very many characters on that scale in the Marvel universe. We and do so, know that the Ant-Man three, at least maybe not the villain, but we know Kang is in Ant-Man. Yeah, 3. Kang is, a, is oh, yeah. who I'm hoping is the next, you know, yeah, big thing because yeah. they've been messing with time, and it doesn't like he just seems like yep. the perfect character to just come into everybody's timeline, different versions, yeah. but you yeah. can have the same actor or even different actors and just start messing with everybody. Now it'd be really cool. I think there's they've you know again I I'm pretty confident they've they've got a cool you know plan for the long term kind of stuff. And one of the things that's so fascinating to me growing up, DC was the universe where you had generational kind of divide of characters. So you'd have the the prodigies of each of the superheroes, right? So you have Superman yeah. and then you have, you know, Superboy or the new Superboy or whatever. You have Flash, you have Kid Flash, and then you have Impulse and all this kind of stuff. You have Green Lantern who then becomes Kyle Rayner, who then becomes, you know, all these different, handing off the role of the hero seemed like the DC thing. And the Marvel yeah. thing was Peter Parker is Spider-Man and that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and yet, what's insane is the movies have forced this reversal of fortune where in order for the movie universe to carry on, those actors are going to move out of those roles eventually. So someone else has to be Captain America. Someone else has to be Iron Man. Someone else has to be a Spider-Man, a Thor, a whatever, you know what I mean? And so it has created this in weird structure that I never thought I would see in the Marvel universe in a very logical fashion and is pushing those kind of timelines and ideas forward where you're going to see whether it's young Avengers or Thunderbolts or champions, or you have to iterate because at some point the, the actors are going to move on and the audiences aren't going to accept someone else picking up the role. They're just not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in our Twitch, uh, detective popcorn says that Legion was a great show and OG Cylon says that uh, they want to see Cathon. Oh yeah, man, Cathan. Yeah, yeah. Kathan. So yeah, Cathan's an amazing villain. Uh, I can't say anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I've I've had Cathan plans for comic stories for a while. Kathan, I think is that the so awesome. Marvel version of like Cthulhu? See, it's sort of like a, like a sort of yes ish. Like yeah. it's an elder evilly thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. In the, yeah, it's it's the. He's not Cthulhu, but there's sort of the whispers of those kinds of elements. I made a very Cthulhu-y villain in a, a miniseries called uh, Serpent War. So we made a new kind of elder evil called The Worm. That's and a the very Worm good comic. is very stand-in 
uh, Cthulhu. He's my he's my Hyborian Cthulhu or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, yeah. I I love those kinds of crazy, unknowable cosmic beings. Yeah. And, you know, alien elder god shit. That stuff's the best. Uh, yeah. <laughs> On Twitch, we have Smithception saying, "I want Adam Warlock to be a big bad." I I I, I don't know. Have yeah, they, have I they d- mentioned? I that think now? the time. I think they they had their chance to do Warlock, and they. I don't know that there's a place for him now that they've done the stones with the Soul Stone and everything yeah. already out of commission. It, yeah. Didn't they tease him neat. in one of the movies? Yeah, they did. They were Guardians of the Galaxy too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that seems so like you know, I think they could do, like I said, just about anything because they always seem to be able to make it work. But um, yeah, there are a lot of other, I would like to see the Nova Corps. I would like to see a lot of different things kind of, you know, play out on that bigger, broader space. I would love for them to tease like Silver Surfer even before the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be amazing. I'm still, I'm still waiting on like, just like, you know, a hint of real Galactus, you know, would just be so great. Well, you know, you never, you never know. We saw that spaceship, I guess, sort of sword spaceship in uh, the end of Spider-Man. And the, the first post credit scene in uh, WandaVision was that Skrull sword agent talking to Monica mm-hmm. about going right. out. Yeah, so, right. we never yeah I'm really curious to see how they, how they build out the cosmic end of things. They've got a lot of great material there still to work with. Um, I would love to see, you know, Namor and, and the oh, undersea Namor. stuff. There's so many places they can still go. The, it's such a vibrant space you know yeah. for them to build off of yeah eternals that uh, the film that's yeah. coming out later this year yeah. is probably one of Again, my more exciting one of those, things it's one of those weird things where on the face of it eternals seems like a weird option to announce and then you're like they'll make it work you know yeah. they'll, yeah. they'll make it work. the characters <laughs> even if you don't have any emotional connection to them right now they'll make it work i'm confident in yeah, that exactly. yeah. yeah for sure eric is there one thing i can bring up before we close out yeah, well, I'm um I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the so with the end of the series and the 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 episode being titled the series finale, there's been internet talk about is this actually the, the end of WandaVision? Are we gonna get a season two? Which I think is sort of weird. What do you guys think of this idea? Um, whether they I, should I, have I, one? I don't think I we're don't going think for another season. No. I, like, they close yeah. it off perfectly. They gave us a beautiful story that like progressed their stories and like their arcs and everything. I don't think they need to come back to, to reassess a WandaVision story anymore. I think they're, they could, those characters could easily come back in other mini series or mini, mini episode things or whatever. But I don't mm-hmm. think we need them as the focus as their couple, as them together again, because I feel like it would be kind of wasteful to have them after this beautiful goodbye and this beautiful moment to have them come back and then have us to do it again. Like it just, it, yeah. What it I feel right. If I have my druthers, what you'd see is you do multiverse of madness. And then if you're like, Oh, Scarlet Witch is super popular. We need to do more magic. You team her up with other supernatural or magic characters and you call it like journey into mystery or something. Just do yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. awesome. That's just sound. That I'm, sounds perfect right there. <laughs> it's my I job, man. That. That's what I do. Right? So. <laughs> and then we get a no, companion uh, series where vision has, made a whole neighborhood of visions called the visions Bro. like that oh man, series. Oh, man that yeah the tom king series is really really good it's super sharp <laughs> sorry hawk they could they could not do a second season of this because like you know they they've already cut the premise of it alone of it was yeah. you know the whole thing with the sitcoms and that mm-hmm. you know but really it was like you know wanda in this big psychotic break that she had with reality and that yeah. Um, yeah. what other story would it, they tell right yeah better yeah. to leave people yeah. wanting more from the characters than to overextend your yeah. your wealth exactly. yeah. yeah and she she came out the end of it like a more complete person than that so it, it, it you know like it, it would be redundant yeah, yeah more sure. you got to dab for the 
Twitch people. Yep. Do it. So they want you to dance. Dab, monkey, dab. <laughs> dab. I'm sorry, no, my, my computer my froze for a second, so I was like, wait, what am I doing now? You are dabbing. Yeah. dabbing. You are dabbing. 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 <laughs> All right. <sighs> You're going to hurt yourself one day. <laughs> Probably. Sorry, Dave. Okay, do you wanted to... Yeah, so one of the things that nobody's talking about, because we, we usually talk about it with Marvel movies, is the director of the series. They had one director for the entire series, Matt Shackman, and he's done a lot of stuff. I mean, like tons of TV, and I mean, it kind of all falls on the director in a lot of ways, right? Like so much of this stuff is up to the director to make sure this production works, and he it's clearly did an excellent yeah. job. Like everybody did an excellent job on the series. Um, and I would chalk it up to him doing 43 episodes of Zoe Sunny in Philadelphia, one of my favorite series. <laughs> oh, so if you can wrangle that set, you can probably wrangle any episodes. Set. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Wild. Wow. Hey, He's is... worked on so, a lot of stuff. Yeah, I feel because his name is at the top of every episode, but yeah. nobody's been talking about him. And I feel like that's undeserved because clearly – like he's done great work. Like he just directed a, you know, nine hour more or less Marvel film. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. some of the greatest storytelling we've had in a Marvel series. Um, and I'm sure yeah, like a lot the of the Marvel too. directors don't get the, I think the, the kudos that they deserve even, you know, because mm -hmm. the Marvel name feels bigger than them in a lot of ways. Yeah. But you know, you've got a few like the Russo brothers have obviously managed to leverage yeah. it in a big way. And, you know, it's not like Joss Whedon needed a lot of advertising before, but you're like, you know, the, 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 there are some standouts, you know, James Gunn has obviously been a real, but he was more of an indie guy before this anyways. And now yeah. he's been able to kind of leverage off of it. So yeah. All the original directors were kind of already like John Favreau, you know, yeah, he was yeah. pretty established Joe Johnson on Captain yeah. America. Like they got directors for the kind of genre they wanted to make, right. They got yeah. Kenneth Branagh for Thor. Yeah. And now, you know, now, um, there tend to be, I guess, sort of lesser known in some regards. Because uh, yeah. the Russo brothers, you know, they did a ton of great TV. They did Community. They did Arrested Development. Sure. Um, but, but they you weren't really have known thought for that movies. they were high action, yeah, yeah. <laughs> intrigue, spy there's some, stuff. There's some good episodes of Community. That's the paintball episodes <laughs> yeah. are high action. True. Yeah. The one director who always stands out is Peyton Reed, you know, mm. because like you look at his resume and you see like bring it on and that, and he's more, he's kind of more, I think he's more like a studio director. It's like a, he knows how to bring a project in and that. And he brought, he was brought in after Edgar Wright had to leave Ant-Man and that. Right. And like Ant-Man stood out as one Good. of my favorite in the Marvel. That's the Marvel. And that must've been the toughest gig, right? Where there's this real public split and everyone's kind of expecting the worst. Cause Edgar Wright is such a beloved filmmaker and you, you know, you thought it was going to be this perfect pairing. And now all of a sudden he's gone and everyone's like, oh, well, that movie's dead on arrival. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, man, I got to pick up the pieces. And he did. And he made it work. You know, that's a that's a tough gig for sure. For sure. Um, any final thoughts on WandaVision before we head oh, on? Um, oh, yeah. Two certainly. thoughts on that. Um, thanks to Dave when we were doing the watch along on that and, uh, for pointing out the Tannhauser Gate reference. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're, they also had some good uh, Wizard of Oz references this episode too, right? Yeah. They had the they had the shoes, oh, and then yeah. they had Oz the Great and Powerful on the marquee, which is mm -hmm. which was directed by um, Sam Raimi, who's directing uh, Doctor Strange too. So right. it's just like, yeah. so maybe that was more intentional than we even thought, right? right? Yeah. yeah, obviously Wizard of Oz is you know a nod, but maybe it's like, well, so, I mean, let's give a little nod to somebody who's picking up what's coming down next, probably. Yeah. 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 Well, especially um, if you but, go with the original timeline of it too, where the movie would have right. been coming out immediately after. Yeah, the weirdest year without a Marvel movie, right? Yeah. The strangest, yeah. We didn't strangest even get timeline. Black Widow yet. Like this is no. crazy. 
No, yeah. it's weird. Sorry, Hawk. And all the yeah, I think the uh, theorizing over Black Widow is going to be intense once that gets closer to release. For sure, <laughs> for sure. May. Uh, sorry, Hawk. Uh, there was there's one more reference, and that was when they said goodbye to the children. I had this little flashback to uh, Steven Spielberg's AI. I don't know if you guys caught that or as well, yeah. but the, yeah. the ending yeah. of it seemed to, the ending of it seemed to parallel that uh, the ending of that bit, yeah. movie as well. You know, yeah. Anyways, oh. that's all I had to say. We have a couple Very of comments cool. over in the Twitch the from Rob George twenty nine. The Westview Vision downloading his memories right. into the White Vision is a callback to Vision's origin, where his mind was based on Wonder Man's brain patterns that could set up yeah. White Vision's into later evolving into the real Vision. Yeah. Hmm. And, and I, uh, man, Wonder, Wonder Man is actually one of my favorite heroes, and yes. uh, I would love, love to see him, whether he's played by Nathan Fillion or someone else. Like, <laughs> just, I think Nathan <laughs> Fillion would do a great job. He would be awesome. Oh my God. He, was, Nathan, he, he hasn't been in the MCU at all. He ever, has. Right? He's been in Guardians. He was a poster. Oh, that's but right. Yeah. He was, oh. Simon Williams, he was Simon Williams in posters in that, and he's right. also done part like CGI parts. in. Uh, yeah. he, he, I think he's the guy who gets whatever messed up by Groot in the first Guardians in the yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just <laughs> like one oh, yeah, 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 yeah. stuff because he's friends with uh, James Gunn nice. uh, yeah. so we also have never seen Slither and you yeah. want to see some body horror yeah, yeah. <laughs> we also have one more one question from uh, Twitch by OG Silent uh, recently it was announced that Bruce Campbell is going to appear in Doctor Strange 2 any thoughts on I mean, that's just a Sam Raimi special. That's yeah. how you do. If, if you're one of Sam Raimi's brothers, especially Sam Raimi's brother, you're oh, going to yeah. show up at Jackson Sam Raimi movie, right? So Bruce I'm Campbell being in there is no surprise whatsoever. I'm yeah. hoping he plays a doorman. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, hoping hoping reference. I'm hoping they actually go through with what his plan was and make him Mysterio. Oh, that was oh, always, that was in the the yeah. next uh, Spider-Man, he was going to yeah, find Spider-Man Four. Yeah. Oh, that would be. So cool. I'm hoping maybe he actually they actually pull yes. that out just yeah. as a nod for fun. I mean, what if we start getting Sam Raimi Marvel films beyond this? Like that would be <laughs> nuts. It'd be great. Just like he, because he he really brought Marvel films oh, to yeah. kind of where they like before John Favreau. Like Spider-Man was huge. That was the biggest mm-hmm. comic book movie mm-hmm. for yeah. a long time. Well, he had the sensibility down. Oh yeah, and and you know, I one and two are so sharp and they're so yeah. fun, and they feel like the comics and even the hokey parts. You're just like, <laughs> yeah, no, he gets it. You know, yeah. he really, really yeah. wants to deliver that feeling up there on the screen. And uh, yeah. you know, three is obviously a big weird mess, but uh, that feels like just the most the studio meddling, like classic. Yeah. Too many cooks. In if the you just stuff. focus on Thomas Hayden Church, right? Yeah, because yeah. he yeah. did yeah. amazing. Let's that. just nice. keep adding things in. Um, yeah, yeah, well, three was exactly. like Spider Man three was just two movies that kind of bashed together and said, okay, now here you go. Spider-Man. They started did yeah, that yeah. with Amazing Spider-Man 2 as well. So yeah. that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, any other final thoughts from the um, crew? Here? I, I, what I wanted to say is like, I feel like WandaVision has set a new precedent and also kind of just changed what everybody expects mm-hmm. from the future of, of Marvel and for the future of their like television series or mini series as they will mm-hmm. Start making them, and like, what do you guys think the future holds? Or like, what do you what do you think is this going to be a complete game changer? Are we expecting these to be like the new thing? Like, are we going to start kind of losing movies and maybe going into more miniseries, or are we going to just see them peppering these miniseries to give us bigger character arcs into movies and that kind of stuff? Like, what do you think is going to be the future? I think this. whatever will make Disney the most money will probably be <laughs> what they decide to go with. So probably a mixture of both. I hope it's a mixture of both. 
Yeah. Um, I would yeah. I would love to see Agents of Shield get a little bit of love and maybe show up in like a multiverse on a series or something like that. Because uh, they, they might have to do something like that just to explain the fact that there's a lot of contradictions already of the, like <laughs> why things aren't the same between the universes. But you know, there are also so many good shot yeah. in Multiverse of Madness to go. That's a different universe. That's a different universe. That's a different. Yeah. Universe. Yeah. That, yeah. That's all it's going to take. There are so many little okay, good great. elements of that. It show. was a dream. Everything was a dream. <laughs> <laughs> Colson wakes up after. Oh, Colson wakes weird. up and he's like, "Oh man!" Bill Colson wakes up shot. in bed with Bob Newhart. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All the references. Oh yeah. No. Anyone else? Well, good. Well, good. We're I all think good. we'll see a, a combination of yeah. of the big features and then these series because then like like you know, Jim has said it's like you know, it's great because you can take these series and flesh out the spaces yeah. in between the movies and tell the stories to make you care about the characters even more so that when you get the big collaborative films, you know the stories and you know, you're not sitting there going, man, I really wish I could see what happened there. You're like, oh, just go on to Disney Plus and watch it. It's like six episodes. Yeah, I'm now so much more confident. Not that I ever wasn't, but it's like everything from She-Hulk to Ms. Marvel to all that. It's like, okay, if they're yeah. if they're overseeing it, then it's going to have the heart at the center of it and they're still mm-hmm. going to be telling good stories. And then our job in, in making the comics is to not only hopefully set the bar for future potential stories, but to realize how much potential these characters have and that there are no bad mm-hmm. characters. There are only bad stories. And when they can take these weird C list characters or B list characters or, or, or odd storylines and make them incredibly emotionally resonant that, you know, kind of make kicks me in the ass and reminds me like i gotta do more i gotta go deeper and make it as good as i can you know i'm gonna steal that from my D games there are no bad characters only bad stories <laughs> <laughs> and really bad roles really yeah. bad roles yeah, really bad. there are no bad characters only bad saving throws <laughs> <laughs> well i just wanted to thank our special guest jim zub for coming on to the show and talking thank about wanda vision with us it's been a blast um are there any current or upcoming projects that you can talk about that you want to promote uh, well i don't know this episode uh, aired live so we will go days, on podcast form in two days okay well in two days if it's the day of it's wednesday if when you're listening to this or you're watching it right now conan the barbarian number 19 is on the stands wednesday march 10th uh super super proud of it we're starting a new story arc artist Corey smith is now our regular penciler on the book it looks friggin amazing uh, I'm super proud of the book. I love writing Highborn Adventures. I want to do it as long as possible. Buy the damn thing. Uh, and I, I, I will bring, we bring the action and the savagery, everything that you would want out of this character to the page. Uh, so that's my big, you know, big release. We just wrapped up uh, Stranger Things in D&D. Jody Hauser and I and Diego Glindo and our team, uh, it was a Dark Horse IDW co-production. We had an absolute blast working on that. Uh, it was a real joy. I've got more D&D stuff in the hopper, but nothing yeah. formally has been announced. But <laughs> I know that does not surprise anyone. because I need more Minsk and Boo in comic yeah, form. I can't, I can't stop writing D&D. They basically are going to have to take it from my cold dead hands. Please so. don't. Please don't. <laughs> don't let them. Got, if you I have to write fan cool. fiction, I don't yeah, care. It's crazy. It's crazy. I, I will write that stuff forever. Uh, I've got a couple other cool projects in the hopper. Um, but yeah, that's all the stuff that's been announced, I think, right now. It's always weird because you're like in your head, you're working <laughs> ahead on on what's coming next. But yeah, sure. all sorts of fun stuff at Marvel, fun stuff for D&D. And um, 
Will will people be able to buy the Skull Kickers book after other than the Kickstarter? Yes. So we're um, we got two things we're going to be doing. So Skull Kickers last summer we did a Kickstarter for the tenth anniversary collection, not collection, sorry, uh, a celebration. This book that's called Caster Bastards and the Great Grotesque, uh, and it's this oversized thirty six page comic story and um, like eighty page Dungeons and Dragons style tabletop adventure. Um, <laughs> That's currently still in production. We're actually playtesting a bunch of it right now. It's going really well. We're having a blast. And based on our current schedule, fingers crossed, toes crossed, we're going to be sending those out to backers in June. Uh, and it's a beautiful book. But we're going to have the comic get released on its own, just that story. So if people missed it, well, they'll be able to pick it up as a regular comic. And then I'm not sure if we're going to be doing the adventure Okay. on its own or keep it collected together. The original reason why we did the Kickstarter was because it, it seemed like such a weird project, the comic and the game, because you didn't want to take it to a game publisher and I didn't want to take it to a comic publisher. So I'm not sure if we'll see it outside of that. I'll have copies for sale, like on my website and stuff. Uh, and I'll have copies at conventions when those exist again. Mm -hmm. But, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if it's going to get a major release in that format. It w if it does, it will definitely be, um, different looking than the Kickstarter release. So that'll have an exclusivity to it. Oh, cool. Sure. cool. Yeah. Uh, speaking of website, where can the people find you online? Really simple. Jimzub.com. So just J I M Z U B.com or Z U B for you Americans listening along. Uh, <laughs> we're all Canadians. So you got to put up with the Z. Exactly. Um, I'm also Speak on Queens. That's right. I'm on Twitter at Jim Zub. Uh, and that website's got everything. It's a hub site for all my interviews and previews, links to all my books, as well as tutorials on how to write comics, how to pitch your own stories, and how to break into the business. Yeah. So if you're interested in that kind of end of things, feel free to check it out. And yeah. if you like fantasy comics, you can read I, all of Skull all Kickers. Of them, all is, was, that's how I discovered Jim Zub. Yeah, was through, I've written I've got probably, I, prob oh my God, I've written so much fantasy stuff. It is my jam. So everything from Pathfinder, Dungeons and Dragons, Munchkin, Skull Kickers, to Samurai Jack, uh, and then I keep injecting fantasy stuff into other books where it doesn't belong, <laughs> champions. like Champions, and yeah, <laughs> you can't stop me with this stuff. I, I'm uh, I bleed d20s. That's my jam. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling these guys the story afterwards, but I uh, I'm, I'm going to personally thank uh, Jim again for um, um, this little story that I'm going to tell. Uh, me and my daughter, she just started getting into the Marvel stuff um, with WandaVision, actually. And so we started looking at comic books because she saw that I had a collection. So she wanted to get her own. So we were on Indigo's website and we were going through different pictures. And um, Jim's book, Disney Kingdom's Figment, showed up on, on the screen. She's like, Sweet. oh, dragon, P purple dragon. And I was like, okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Matt's got the book right there. Man, writing those Disney books is a real joy. I got to work with the Disney Imagineering team, and we got to build out this kind of world for the Dreamfinder and Figment. And the fans, uh, the Disney fans, uh, have been so passionate and amazing. And their enthusiasm, anytime anyone talks about the Disney parks and remaking Journey into Imagination, the number of people that jump up and are like, they should base it on the comic. It's so good. <laughs> and I'm just like, whoa, guys, calm down. You know, um, like they announced that there's that new um, Disney series that they announced that's going to be on Disney Plus, God knows when, but it's apparently going to be based on a bunch of the rides and a bunch of people like, 
20, 30 people sent me that link as soon as it went up on the Hollywood Reporter. And they're like, they got to do, they got to do Dream Fighter. And they're like, Jim, you got to tell them. I'm like, I have no horse in this race. Uh, Can you call Mr. Disney? Oh, yeah. yeah, I'll just call it Roy Disney. Look, man, you got to do this. Just do it for me. So it's cool stuff. Um, Yeah, it was a real joy to work on. And and the um, people have been so amazing about that uh, book. I, I, I will tell you a funny anecdote that'll take a little bit of a deek. So I'm doing New York Comic Con and this, whenever someone's bringing up the Disney books, I can usually tell it's either a little kid or it's someone who's like wearing Disney paraphernalia, like everywhere, you know? <laughs> and so someone's wearing a figment t-shirt. I'm like, well, I know what they're coming over to get signed or whatever. And I see this little, little girl, like barely comes up to the top of the table kind of thing. And I'm like already prepared for, it. I've got the purple Sharpie marker. I know I'm going <laughs> to sign it. Like, we're going to do this thing. And this little girl comes up and she's like, excuse me, and the mother is standing back because she like encourages the kid to greet, you know? And I looked down and said, yes. She goes, are you Mr. Zub? And I'm like, yes, I'm Mr. Zub. And she goes, okay. And she reaches into her backpack and she pulls out the Pathfinder comics and just slams them on the table. And I was like, what? That's amazing. I made a joke that are, it was Mystery and Madripoor. Yeah, but those, those Pathfinder comics are violent. They're like violent. And I was like, look at and them. I go, um, what? And she goes, this is me. And she points at Sione, one of the characters in the oh, series. And I was like, what's going on? And so the mother comes over and explains, she goes, she was at a comic book store with her father and these kids were doing a demo of Pathfinder. They were learning how to play and she, they were laughing and having a good time. And she's like, I want to play the game too. And they're like, well, those boys are playing over there and they heard her and they say, yeah, come on over and play. So she plays for like four hours. They give her the Sione character <laughs> and she plays and she has an absolute ball. And then afterwards she's like, so what is my story? What am I supposed to do? And they go, well, um, there's these comics. She's in the comics. So she started collecting <laughs> the comics to find out oh what her God. story was. And now oh this kid is obsessed with Pathfinder. And so I took a photo <laughs> with her and she's holding up the comics. She's super excited. And I sent it to the, the Paizo people. And I was like, this little six-year-old girl kills goblins. Just want you guys <laughs> to know. She's, she's killed a lot of goblins in your name. And they're like, that is awesome. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes you think you're getting figment, but you don't. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> oh, now I want to show my daughter that because we just started playing D&D. Well, if you pick up the trades, there's actually parts of adventures in the back of there those is. trades. Yeah, there's a bunch so of you can just play Pathfinder from those comics. Oh, oh definitely. She would love that. We were playing. Um, we were planning on doing a D&D game based on My Little Pony this weekend. So nice. that's that's what that's our weekend plans. Um, yeah. Stuff. So once again. I got to thank Jim Sub for coming on. Uh, go visit him on his on his website and all the socials. Um, we'll put in the show notes. Uh, speaking of show notes, I'm currently revamping the website, so things are sort of broken. So if you go there and things aren't in the right spot, send us a message on one of our socials, and I'll try and fix it. It's a slow process. I it. it yeah, you know, it, Eric it'll is get spinning fixed. thirty-seven plates at the same time. Oh, so many plates! Oh my god, none goodness. of us know how to help him. <laughs> it, it's it's fine. I can do it. Um, so, um, once again, thanks, Jim. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Hawk. Thanks, Marcus. Thanks, Matt Moore for coming on and talking about Wandavision. It's been a blast. Um, thank you, and especially thank all of you out there watching us live on Twitch or watching us on YouTube or listening to us in podcast form. We're found everywhere. So. Thank you again for spending your time with us and talking nerd. We, we love doing it and we'll come back every other week to talk with you. So thanks again for everyone here. Thank you for listening. We shall see you guys soon. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.
Well, that's it for us this week on Geeks with Kids. If you want to get a hold of us, you can send us an email at podcast at geekswithkids.ca. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekswithkids. Follow us on Twitter at geekswithkidscn. Check out our pics on Instagram at geekswithkids. And you can find all of this good stuff on our website at www.geekswithkids.ca. So if you like what you hear, why don't you hit that subscribe button and leave us a comment. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, and your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.